Miracy. So one thing I often hear from people, coaches and other experts, they get very wrapped up in this idea that they feel like they don't have anything new to add. It's already been done. Or they can point to like their five favorite books and be like, those guys already said everything I want to say. That can be a really hard mindset hurdle to overcome. And what I always say to that is that there's only one you. Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped more than 70,000 coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where my guests and I discuss challenging conversations we face with our coaching clients, but also the need to take a deeper look into difficult issues and reality checks we might face with ourselves as coaches, as well as with our businesses. When a coach writes a book, it usually presents the gist of his or her experience and knowledge to the readers. The coach author often includes several of the proven techniques they use to overcome the problems that they're targeting in their books. And this can be of immense help to those who would never have the chance to experience a coach. And from a business perspective, it allows you to reach out to thousands of people you probably would never even meet. Even though it's a one-way communication medium, It can do wonders for your readers and your career as a coach. I've made this journey myself, but when is the right time to write your book? And should you even do it? I'm going to be talking to someone that helped me write my book and get my stuff out there. I've invited Ali Mashadi to the conversation. Allie is on a mission to help authors make great books and reach more readers. She's the owner of The Writer's Ally and leads a diversified team of professionals who specialize in helping serious authors to write, publish, and sell more high-quality books. Welcome, Allie. Thank you so much for having me, Melinda. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so glad that you are here. I mean, you, like I said just a minute ago, you helped me after 11 years of having the dream to write a book, to actually get it out there, two failed attempts. And I am so grateful to be talking with you about this topic. But before we dive into all that, would you mind sharing just a little bit of your background? Like you, you were a bookworm as a little girl? Oh, I was a serious bookworm. Yes. One of my mother's favorite stories is she loves to tell people that uh, I was reading by age three, which is a little unusual. And I was making books out of like construction paper and crayons. <laughs> and I would, I would give them to the neighbors apparently. And I would tell everybody that one day I was going to grow up and I was going to make books. I was going to be a writer and an editor and a lawyer, apparently. The lawyer part didn't happen, but the rest all came true. Wow. So now there's so much that goes into writing a book, right? Let's start with this. What are the reasons a coach should not write a book? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Uh, Not ever or just not yet? You pick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, so for one thing, I would definitely say that not everyone needs to have a book. These days, there are many ways to get great content out there. A podcast like this one, for example. So while a book can be absolutely a powerful tool and a really great thing for your business, no one should ever feel like they have to have one. There are lots of different ways to spread the word, to make an impact, et cetera. 
But some reasons in particular why someone might not want to do a book or might not be ready to do a book could include things like not having the time. For example, writing a book is an enormous, enormous project. It often takes a lot longer and is a lot harder than people anticipate when they get started. You know, if there are other big rocks in your business at the moment, if there are other big priorities, it might not be the right time for a book. If you're still very new in your business, if you don't have much of a budget to devote to this, or if, or if there are other things that are maybe higher priority items for your budget, that's also another really good reason why you might not be ready to write a book. So let's look at the flip side. Why should a coach write a book? Well, as I mentioned, you know, a book can be a really incredible tool in your toolbox, so to speak. When you have a signature system or a process that you tend to lead a lot of your clients through that's very successful. And you mentioned earlier, unfortunately, there are just some people for lots of different reasons are never going to work with you. You know, they maybe don't really believe in coaching or they don't have the budget for coaching or they have other, you know, mental hurdles that are keeping them from it or whatever the reason is, a book can be a really great way to make accessible to those people that might never work with you as a coach to still give them the guidance that they so desperately need to still, you know, share what you have to offer with them and and have that kind of impact with people. You have a lot more reach with a book than you can have as an individual trying to work one-on-one or even in group programs. And it's a really incredible way to open doors of all kinds. So it can be used as a lead magnet to get people onto your list or into your ecosystem. It can be something that you send out kind of like a supercharged business card to get speaking opportunities, media appearances, almost anything that you could imagine sending some kind of packet or kit or or an actual business card to represent you. A book can be used for those purposes and just has that much more cachet. Now let's talk about, before we actually talk about the process of writing a book and all of that juicy stuff, let's talk about the mindset. This was something that, like I said earlier, I've been in business for 18 years. For 11 of those years, I wanted to write a book. And I tried twice, failed miserably. The first time I did it, I actually went away, went to a friend's cottage, wrote every day. It was so amazing. I loved it. I got to the end. I was like, that is not my book. And I just (laughs) knew it, but then I didn't know what to do. And so I just kind of tucked it away. And then I was like, well, maybe I need help. And tried to do that route. And that didn't, well, I didn't really do that very well. I wasn't very good at getting help on this topic. But I want to talk about mindset because one of the things for me was I wanted to write a book, but it was like, talk about put yourself out there in the, to me, it was like the boldest, biggest way to put myself out there. And it was kind of daunting when I really got real about it. So what are some of the usual mindset or that self-talk that you see coaches have when it comes to writing their book? Oh, yeah, that's a wonderful question. You know, I, as many coaches probably believe, I believe that mindset is almost everything. You know, if you don't have the right mindset going into something, it's going to be just that much harder and more miserable and probably less successful. So yeah, I think having the right mindset going into a book project is really key. And some of that's around your expectations for the book and also, I think, some expectations for yourself, you know. So one thing I often hear from people, coaches and other experts, they get very wrapped up in this idea that they feel like they don't have anything new to add. It's already been done or they can point to like 
their five favorite books and be like, those guys already said everything I want to say. You know, that can be a really hard mindset hurdle to overcome. And what I always say to that is that there's only one you because your book is a fresh perspective. You know, even if you were to essentially teach the same kinds of things, I guarantee it would be a different approach and have a different flavor and a different feel than any other book that's already out there just by virtue of the fact that it's coming from you and you have a unique voice and you have a unique set of experiences. And another really big common sort of set of mindset topics that I often talk to authors about, especially experts and speakers and coaches, is just generally getting clear about what's realistic for any given book project. Because I really think it's important to set your expectations before doing anything. You know, if you have a huge gap between your expectations and the reality, you're just going to be disappointed. And for a lot of people, when they're writing a book, that disappointment tends to lead them to just quit like way too soon. And to me, that's a terrible shame because people have so much to offer and so much interesting content to put out there in the world that giving up too soon, is really just heartbreaking. So I think it's really important for people to educate themselves a little bit, either by reading or talking to a consultant like me, just understanding a little bit more about what is realistic to expect from your particular book if you were to write it and publish it. And and that way you can just sort of get your brain on straight about what it's going to look like for you. That's what I experienced with my book. It was really about the expectations, less about with what's realistic. But when I got out of the land of shoulds, here's what I should do. This is what I think I should do. Like that's where I was coming from with my book. I had a ton of colleagues. They're all, you know, writing and publishing books and they're very successful with it. They're using it in different ways. Like you said, some are just using it as a lead magnet. Some are using it as a bonus. Some are using, they're just doing a book launch. Some are landing on the New York Times bestseller. And so I was like, wow, I'm in that pool. I should have a book. I should be doing this. But when I got clear and got out of the land of shoulds and it was like, wait, here's what I want to use. Here's why I want this book. And just really went down to this is what I want. All of a sudden, everything like the alignment right in place. And then everything else flowed so much better. And for me, one of the things that I had to come to terms with was one of the biggest reasons I wanted to write a book, because it was on my bucket list. And I was like, wow, that's selfish. I have to write this book for other people. And it's like, no, Melinda, you actually just want to write a book because it's an experience you want to have. You want to write a book. You want to hold your own book in your own hands. And when I allowed myself the privilege to just think that thought, and have that desire just because I wanted it. I was like, yeah, that's an okay thing. If I just write this book because I want to write it, that's enough. That was a big deal for me. What's been your experience with that? Yeah, um, that's a fantastic story. I love that story. Well, I think that you have to be very clear about your whys. Again, coaches listening to this should be very familiar with that concept. Anything you want to accomplish in life, if you're not clear about the why, it just makes it that much harder. It's hard to find motivation. It's hard to deal with that head trash. It's even hard to take practical steps and, and map out a practical plan sometimes when you don't, when you aren't clear about that why. And the only thing that I would add to that, because you know, obviously I'm familiar with your backstory, having worked with you, is that there's sort of like a uh, maybe a hidden half step after that. So let's just say that is the only reason you really have. You want to write a book. You've always dreamed of writing a book. You want to see your name on that book. You want to hold it in your hand. Absolutely, a hundred percent valid reason. Nobody should tell you you can't write a book for that reason. Totally can. Totally should. The little half step there, though, we didn't mention is that at some point, 
if you want that book to be a little bit bigger, right? So at some point you write it, you've written it for yourself, you feel really great. That's amazing. That's awesome. And if that's all you ever wanted to do, there are certain steps you may or may not take. You may not even publish that book, right? You might just feel awesome that you wrote it. Or you might say, no, you know what? I need to have the physical product. That's what's going to put an end cap on this project for me. And you might take some steps to go ahead and get that book published, whether you seek help or you do it all yourself or what have you, you know, you can do that. But when you have other whys, you start to think beyond, okay, this was something I personally wanted to accomplish, but also I want to get more speaking engagements. I want to grow my business and use this to attract more of my ideal clients. Or even I want to use this as a way to pivot. You know, I've been working in this particular space and I want to do more in this other space. And I want the book to help, you know, give me some visibility and credibility in this other space. Then you have to start thinking a little bit differently, right? And it doesn't mean that you throw out what you've just written. Definitely not. But it does mean you may have to go back to it now with a different perspective. Now you have some raw material to work with, which is a great start. But at some point, if you want other people to read and buy and benefit from your book, your why has to evolve a little bit along with that. And the actions you take to support that why also have to evolve a little bit with that. And that, again, same thing happened. As soon as I gave myself permission just to write the book because I wanted to write the book, then it was like, oh, and how can we leverage it? It was a both and kind of desire that started happening. Totally. And that's what, I mean, that was the path that I chose was how can I leverage it for, you know, we open enrollments for our program every year. And so we used it as that lead magnet. And we reached, I forget the numbers. I know I've shared the numbers with you. They don't stick in my brain, but I know we reached even more people than we usually do in our launches and our campaigns because of using the book. People I would never have known. But I love how you said when you want your book to be bigger, your why has to evolve. And that's important because then it was like, now there's an intentional way to write the book, to structure the book, to format the book. So let's talk about that. Like, let's go through the whole process of writing a book. What does it look like? What does it take to write a book? Yeah, wow. Um, so, you know, speaking very broadly, you start with your idea. You start with your concept and you start with your why. Branching out from that, you want to think about your audience. All of those things sort of come together in a nice, uh, delightful soup, let's say, to come up with what we call the concept, the initial concept of the book. What exactly is the book about? What is it meant to accomplish in the world? And what is it meant to accomplish for your reader? Um, so, you know, you may have heard phrases like uh, unique selling points, right? Or the promise, the promise of the book. That's a phrase I use a lot when I deal with nonfiction, especially. What is your book promising to solve for your reader, inspire your reader, whatever it is that you're promising the reader that your book is going to do for them? What is that thing? What is that reason they're going to pick your book up? You get some clarity around all that. It's time to start writing. Now, I am a big fan of outlining. People talk about it a little bit more in the fiction world, but some of you may have heard that phrase, whether you're a pantser or a plotter. And the idea is some people like to fly by the seat of their pants. They just sit down and start writing and they let the inspiration flow. And other people are plotters, meaning they take the time to think through the whole thing. They create an outline, they create a roadmap, and they basically figure out, you know, loosely what the structure and, and what all the moving pieces are going to be in the book before they then sit down and start to write a draft. And neither one is right or wrong. It really does uh, have to do with how you work as a creative person and, and how ideas flow. 
Although I will say personally, I'm very strongly biased and I do believe in outlines. I think especially for new authors, outlines are very, very helpful and they ultimately will save you a lot of time and aggravation so that you don't end up with, you know, a 200,000 word file (laughs) (laughs) full of what's probably very awesome material, but doesn't necessarily gel into a book, right? Now, that's one area that you helped me with. And this was my big aha and why I had two failed attempts. Because, you know, I love outline structure, process efficiency. That's me. And so when you said outline, I was like, yes, let's do that. Um, But I even had problems with the outline because I had so much in my head. I was like, I don't know what to do with all this. And you're like, no worries, we can help. And I'm like, wait, what? And so getting clear in the outline, what I discovered is I was trying to cram, you know, 200,000 words into one file. And I was trying, it was like all of a sudden it was very apparent, oh, there's two different books here. There's two different messages, two different promises, if you will. And as soon as I saw that and your team helped me with it, I was like, oh, okay, let's shelve this. I don't know what's going to happen with that. And here's what we're working with. And uh, then it was very clear. And then I was a writing machine. And well, I even had help with that too. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But that outline helped me to organize the massive amounts of stories, examples, exercises, experiences that were floating around in my head to know how to put them into some sort of experience for the reader. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even before the outline, sometimes when I, in the past, when I would work with ghostwriting clients, for example, or you know, book coaching clients, we would basically just do like a giant brain dump. And I would have people take index cards and just put every idea and every topic they thought they wanted to write about onto these cards or into some kind of mind mapping software, you know, whatever it is, doesn't really matter what the tool is. But the idea was that once you saw all the different things you wanted to talk about, you know, I would lead people through a process of starting to group those things together. And eventually it starts to become very obvious as it did for you that you have some ideas in there that just don't really go together. I know another thing that I struggled with when we were doing this brain dump, my, my process was post-it notes on the back of my office door. And we began to group them in buckets, as I call it. When it became apparent that you know these sets of topics go together, but these others don't, I was like, no, 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 no. But I may never see these people again. I may never get to have access to them again. I've got to tell them everything I know. And I kept running into that. Can you speak to that? Is that a common thing? Like I was panicking a little bit and I was feeling really badly that I was going to leave some of this really good content out. Well, how does a coach handle that situation? Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Very, very common. So, you know, one of the signs perhaps that you are ready to write a book is in fact that you have too many ideas. (laughs) I think when you have a lot of great stuff to share, it's indicative of the fact that you've been doing what you're doing for a long time, that you have a lot of experience, that you've, you know, you've seen it all, so to speak. And so you feel very driven and very motivated to share all of that and, and basically try to save your readers from making the same mistakes in a lot of cases, right? So, you know, it's another little piece of information that you just kind of repeat to yourself and just remind yourself, this isn't my only shot. This isn't the only book I'm ever going to write. It doesn't have to be the only book I'm ever going to write or publish. And if there are lots of great ideas and lots of stuff that I'm taking out, don't delete it, save it in another file for later. And maybe that's going to be your next book or the book after that. But, you know, anything that you really love, anything that really lights you up, 
if it doesn't work in this book, you know, don't try to shoehorn it to make it fit. It's much better to have the book, you know, really working well on its own for what it is and save that good stuff for something else. Now, you mentioned something earlier. You mentioned the phrase um, ghostwriter. Can you share what's a ghostwriter? When should you use one? Tell us about that idea. What it basically means is that you are hiring a professional writer to write the book for you. And to be really clear about what that is, it doesn't mean that you send an email, you pay someone some money, and you just tell them, well, I'm going to write a coaching book. You know, get it to me in a few months, right? Like, you still have to be involved in the process. So it is still very key that it be your ideas, your concept, your systems, your processes, and, and most important of all, your voice. What a professional ghostwriter does is take all of that and pull it out of your brain and get it onto the page in a way that's engaging, easy to follow, checks all the boxes, has the right structure, and just overall comes together to make it a really effective and really powerful book that serves whatever purpose and satisfies whatever promise it is that you've decided on for your readers, for your business, et cetera. Can you define a memoir? The difference between that and like my book is a business book, that how-to kind of book. What's the difference between those? How would you define that? Great question. So a memoir, even though very strictly speaking, it is nonfiction because it is about your life, it is more like a novel than a prescriptive business book or self-help book. And that's because a memoir, by definition, is a narrative. So it's telling a story. And the emphasis is all on your story. In the prescriptive book, your story supports the purpose of teaching somebody something. Now, let me ask you about this. I have a lot of coaches that come to me and they're, you know, we attract new folks just getting started in the early stage of their business. And they've been approached by others who are writing, I'm not even sure what to call it. It's a collection where every chapter is by a different person. Like they're they might have 13 people and it's all on the same topic, but each chapter is written by a different person. Sure. And is that a good thing for a new coach to get involved with for them to say, yeah, I'll do chapter five and then be part of somebody else's book as a way to get a leg up? What do you think about that strategy? I think that can be a great strategy. I mean, you know, the devil's in the details, as they say. It depends on how the person who's responsible for publishing the book is handling the process, you know, are they charging you to be in this book? That's generally not a great idea. That's usually about someone making money off of the contributors instead of being motivated to sell books, which is really what you want. You know, I would just say, ask smart questions, really find out what is the purpose behind this book? What is being expected of you? How is the book going to get out into the world? Because if they're not going to market it, it doesn't do you any good. You've just spent your time and energy helping someone else accomplish their goal instead of getting the exposure that you wanted. And I would also ask who else is in the book. I think that people sometimes overlook that whether or not it's true from a reader's perspective, if I pick up a book with 10 authors in it and they're all writing on the same topic, you know, I'm making certain assumptions about the relationships between those authors, even if they've never actually met in real life, which is usually the case in an anthology, you still don't want to be in a book with people who are maybe really not on your level or they might be espousing things you truly don't believe in. You know, you might find yourself a little embarrassed by some of the stuff that's going to be in the book or some of the people who are going to be in the book. So you just want to get a real sense of the full scope of the project and who else is going to be involved. But I think it could be a great way to get started. I love that. 
the devil's in the details. Ask good questions. Now, we have covered quite a bit. I know we could talk for days and weeks <laughs> about this topic, but we've covered so much. So I just want to do a, a quick summary because, Allie, you've shared with us, you know, why should you write a book and maybe why you shouldn't write a book. We talked about one of the biggest obstacles is really that negative self-talk or what did you call it? The head trash, something like that. Head trash. <laughs> head <yeah>. trash. <laughs> Because if that's not right and aligned, everything else is so much harder. And we looked at a couple of the big roadblocks or pitfalls. You know, I don't have anything new to say. And getting real with expectations and seeing what's realistic and aligning that. And I love when you shared the hidden half step. Once you get clear about your why, that that hidden half step is that you got to start thinking differently about your book and your why has to evolve, which was pretty cool. And then you went through kind of a big view of here's what it takes to write a book. And when it comes to writing, are you a pantser or a plotter? Loved that. <laughs> I'm going, I got to find other ways to use that. <laughs> we talked about ghostwriters and memoirs and stories. And maybe a great way to get going is to be in a book, featured in a book. Allie, is there any other advice that you can give to our listeners that are thinking about writing a book? I cannot emphasize truly, Melinda, how often I have met people who heard from so many people about how easy and fast it was to self-publish a book. And so they sat down and they made a little cover and they uploaded their file and they ran spell check. They uploaded it to Amazon and then they had a book and then they didn't understand why no one wanted to buy it, right? They just didn't understand the gap because they didn't have that education. They hadn't gone far enough into finding out what it really takes to do what they wanted to do. And they quit. If they hadn't met someone or something hadn't happened to get them to try again with a next book, um, they just never would have because they expected this certain thing to happen. And when it didn't, they turned it into a judgment about them, that they weren't good enough, that the book wasn't good enough, that nobody cared what they had to say. When the reality was, they just didn't do a good job of publishing it because they didn't know any better, not because there was something inherently wrong with them. Mm, so important. So important to remember. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Allie for this amazing conversation about how and when to write your business book. You can find out more about her at thewritersally.com. That's the writers. Ally, A-L-L-Y.com. Ally, thank you so much for coming to the show. It was really my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Making It and Course Lab. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Eney is our executive producer and post-production was by Post Office Sound. To get future great episodes that are coming up on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us to get these ideas to more people. Mercy.
And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.